We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to this very special March Madness episode here on Rotoviz Radio. I am joined by a very special guest, Justin Perry. Uh, so good to have you on the show. You can find him on Twitter at Justin Perry8. That's with an I, and hopefully uh, I am saying your last name correctly. But Justin, it is so good to have you on the show. How are you doing? You are saying it correctly. I really appreciate the introduction. I'm doing well. It is the Day before March Madness. I mean, oh, it's Christmas Eve, baby. Christmas Eve. Literally, I call it Christmas Eve. It is. Yeah. This is like what I have been waiting for since November 7th tip. Uh, it has been a great season. Uh, let's not pretend it hasn't been a lot of fun. College basketball has honestly been almost the most entertaining I've ever seen it this year. Even if you're, you're watching through the whole season, there's been so many ups and downs. Conference tournaments were really great. Last week kind of almost felt like a mini March Madness with like 50-something yeah. conference tournaments games. Uh, but it's been a really fun season for me, you know, uh, got my start over with uh, CBS and the sports line where I know you mentioned uh, you probably most people probably first heard of me and uh, have since joined this new company shot quality, which is a very basketball analytics heavy startup. Uh, it's been a lot of fun sort of digging my fingers uh, and, and hands into these tech products and making some cool tools, helping guide them into what you know, people really look for when they're trying to make analytic takes, uh, whether it's gambling brackets, we have tools for sort of looking at our unique data in the way that people look to when they're gambling. How is this team going to match up? All that stuff. So really exciting. We have some great tools right now over at shockqualitybets.com slash March Madness. Uh, most of them don't have a charge attached to them. Just got to pay for all of our picks. But honestly, picks have been fire. We're up almost 28 units since the start of March on our model. So everything's that. firing for shot quality bets. Everything's firing for shot quality. We got a Joe Lenardi shout out on Twitter today. So uh, look, a lot of things are cooking. It's the best time of the year. And honestly, I'm just hyped to break down some of these games. Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, let's uh, I want to get back to shot quality bets because uh, sure. I think it is interesting. I just want to let the listeners hear so they don't have to do all the research on their own. Just hear it from you. Kind of what, what makes you guys unique, what you're actually looking at. Uh, but before that, uh, we're yeah. going to jump into every single game. We're probably just, I mean, there's a lot of games. We're probably just going to spend a minute or two on each. But I really want to hear your takes, Justin, on each of them. And then, of course, for those of you who listen to the College Football Betting Podcast, you will know that uh, Matt and I always love to break 
up um, our bets by using units. So we each will get two, uh, 10 units and we can divvy them up as we like. That way you can kind of see our value and confidence in various plays. Uh, so that's kind of the show that we're going to be giving you all today. But before we do that, uh, yeah, talk to me a little bit about shot quality bets. Uh, talk to me a little bit about how you use, I mean, shot quality. It's in the name. Yep. So go ahead and uh, break it down for us. It's give a him, great give us, Yeah, the elevator pitch. Yeah, no, of course. So what shot quality is about, right? How it got started was actually as coaching analytic tools. It was developed by our founder, Simon, at Colgate University a few years back now and was a way that they were using at Colgate to, to like essentially personify the value of shots, right? Not necessarily looking at their results if a shot went in the hoop, but actually did they develop a good look? Were they getting their best players, their best looks, you know, in terms of what that player is good at, right? And, and that's inherently part of coaching. But what has happened is we developed this algorithm that grades those types of shots on a point scored, uh, expected point scored basis. So a player is on the floor, uh, they go to their spot, they take a shot. We know how they do in each individual shot type, whether it's coming off the screen for a catch and shoot three, or maybe it's like, you know, pick and roll action into a mid range jumper. We know how each player is going to perform in various shot types, uh, how often each team executes that shot type within their offense, and then conversely, how each team defends it and how often they end up seeing it on defense. There's just a lot in there. Like there, there's a yeah. lot of different it's, pieces that you guys are analyzing. That's that's very yes, impressive. It's honestly, we, we say it's the biggest data set in basketball because we have record of over 5 million shots from college basketball that we analyze that goes into the understanding of individual players and the individual player part is really what sets it apart from anyone else in the industry, right? So we not only have data providers that get us location data, player data, all that type of stuff, but we're also working on a lot of computer vision to get a lot of this data straight from the recordings of the game and just making the product more advanced. And, you know, the way the betting comes in is we created a regression model uh, that basically fits and projects game scores based off this data. Um, and, and it's been largely successful. We use it for all of our game score projections that we bet on and essentially sort of triangulating things in terms of like frequencies, uh, player performances, and then of course, just like team-based analytics. Yeah. So, you know, we take a look at mostly shot selection. So, uh, that's a rating we have for every single team, all 360 teams in the NCAA world. For division one um, we can tell you how good of shot selection they are how many uh you know possessions they have in our rim and three rate which is a major part of our calculations we look at plays at the rim and three pointers taken as the most valuable because you know they simply are right i mean every three is just worth 50 percent more than every other shot and when you're finishing at the rim you're likely having the highest percentage of completing your attempt so you know, to wrap it all up, it's very process based. It really looks at how each shot is taken, uh, you know, builds that into a composite expected game score. And then from there, we sort of predict game scores based on past scores and past performances uh, to create a, a projection model that we use for basically everything. We have a, a 
bracket that we've created from it, running it against percentages in the open market. Yeah, I love it. It's uh, it's great. We uh, here at Rotoviz, we love our data. We love our analytics. We like diving into things and we like to make money as well. Hey. And so while we cannot tell you what to go out and bet, we can tell you what we are going to go out and bet and what we uh, where we lean on different things. That's exactly what we're going to do on the other side of cool. the break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we are back. Uh, thank you for sticking around. Of course, if you guys are listening to this, hoping to uh, get some insight on filling out your bracket, this is absolutely going to help you with that. We're going to be picking games against the spread because uh, we also want to make some money, and uh, those money line values don't always work out when uh, <laughs> when you're just pushing Kansas through to the Sweet 16 <laughs> and Final Four and whatnot. So we're going to do both. Of course, we'll mention uh, if we if we like a, a dog outright or not. But let's start off with. Just an interesting little nugget here as we, 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 we're going to tip off tomorrow morning with West Virginia versus Maryland, West Virginia minus two. Um, interesting enough, uh, the eight versus nine seeds since 2011 in this tournament, the underdog is 29-17-2 and two against the spread. So we should be looking for some dogs here yet. Uh, spoiler alert, I am on the favorite in all four eight-nine matchups, uh, wow. which gives me uh gives me some pause i know i'm wrong somewhere one of my best friends is a huge illinois fan so i'm sure he'll slap me around when he hears this uh but yeah let's talk about this west virginia maryland game like i said i'm kind of on west virginia uh minus two i like the coaching advantage uh that they have uh, in my estimation with uh with huggy where are you at here justin this is a really interesting game uh looks like it's pretty evenly split in the market right now uh, I can tell you that shot quality, our model is going to have this one as a one-point win for Maryland. Okay. Uh, we do have this as a – we do have a play on the over here, not one that I brought, but we do think it might sneak over a little bit, or maybe it is one that I brought. I should know that. Um, but what I do like about this one uh, – no, it's actually not one that I brought. Sorry. Uh, but what I do think about this one is Maryland is in a pretty solid spot in terms of like market leverage. Um, I do think this is probably going to be a really tight game. I mean, you know, one point it, we're really talking about like, it, you know, really either direction. Right. Yeah. But shot quality is going to put this one about 59, 60 percent for Maryland to come away with it. Uh, pretty high percentage. We that gets it onto our value bracket. Actually, sorry, 54 percent. I was reading the wrong number. Uh Stumbling all over the place today because it is literally Christmas Eve. But yeah, fifty-four percent, fifty-four percent for Maryland for us. So uh, seeing about fifty percent in the market. So we're going to lean towards Maryland in our value bracket. 
and and you know probably not an official play but it's tough i know that there's like a trend out there as well if you're if you like those trends it's like teams that come into the tournament that are like three games below 500 i think are five and oh in in their <laughs> tournament first round games yeah. so that's is that West predictive <laughs> is that predictive that is the is question <laughs> look and then well we can talk about what it means right it's saying yeah. that a team that still got there right likely you're not finishing below that far below 500 if you're like winning your conference championship right because right. it means you probably finish on a string of wins um so you're talking about a team that probably just got didn't get an automatic bid that still got invited so what does that mean that means they're playing in a ridiculously tough conference and that's exactly what's going on with this west virginia team they have played the best competition that we've seen in a conference in a long time out of the big 12. Uh, yeah. i think there's real reason that this one's a true toss-up i don't that's why i'm not betting on it but this is one you definitely want to tune in for i will probably on that have west virginia advancing but know that shot quality thinks maryland is a little bit more valuable based on our sims I love it. So um, let's move on to Furman, Virginia. Virginia is the team that got me so hyped about betting um, college basketball. So I, I still do a bracket, but man, my picks are so much more important. That happened two years ago. I had a parlay with the Bobcats beating Virginia as a 13 seed. Um, and it was a, a, I had the money line parlay with another one and it was like plus 850 value and it hit. And it was, I was like, I'm done. I, I, that's it. So, so Virginia took one for me and uh, I appreciate them. Uh, they're, they're facing a pretty tough uh, Furman team. Uh, Furman uh, getting five and a half points. Uh, Virginia, of course, we know they like to slow it down. They like to play yep. defense. Uh, kind of maybe brings us to thinking about this being a lower scoring game. And maybe five and a half points is a lot. I'm leaning Furman plus five and a half. Um, but again, that's because uh, Virginia losing has done me well. So maybe yeah. I'm just seeing this with a bobcat co colored goggles or something. No, no, I don't think I don't think you are honestly. And I think the market is a little bit too sold on Virginia right now. Um, it's looking like about 82% of brackets are taking Virginia to win here. They do have a big name brand presence. They're right. uh, one of these schools that has done very well. They were one seed. For a couple of years there, they've had very elite, you know, years at times, very storied program. Furman is not going to lose this game 18, per, I mean, 18% of the time. They're going to lose this game. I'm oh, sorry. They're not going to lose this game 82% of the time. They're going right. to lose this yeah, game yeah. a lot closer to like 70% of the time. So we look for that 10% value threshold, maybe even a little less. Uh, I like Furman as a surprise upset in the bracket. You know, we look for about five to six first round upsets every season. It's about where things come in. Of course, normally there's none in the eight games with a one or a two seed. It's very right. rare. So we're talking about about five, six upsets out of those other 24 games. I think this is definitely a leverage spot to take Furman. Also agree on the points. Um, should be a good game. Furman definitely has the offense. We rate them as the 13th highest frequency in taking threes. 14th in passing, uh, they commit the 42nd fewest offensive turnovers, and they have good defense against shots attacking the rim. Uh, only real issues is that they do allow the opponents to get to the rim a lot. So even though yeah. they defend it well, it can be too high of a frequency. They might struggle against some of the size, but they definitely uh, they have the half-court offense to be able to get through this defensive attack from Virginia. 
this is a fun pick. I think one you will enjoy taking, even if it doesn't win. And my perspective and shot quality is that there is good value on this team to advance in the bracket and a little bit so on the line. We actually do make this one right at five and a half. Four and a half, actually. Four and a half is the shot quality line. So no real spread value, but we like the money line value. Okay, um, in cool. bracket, essentially, yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think, yeah, no one wants to root for these defensive juggernauts. We want some fun offensive teams yeah. to win. So let's go, yeah. Furman. Uh, let's move on to another really, really solid offensive team. We've got Utah State, uh, a 10 seed that is favored, uh, minus one and a half against Missouri. Uh, the mm-hmm. Aggies um, are like the seventh best free throw team, the sixth best when it comes from three-point percentage. Uh, Utah State, their offensive efficiency is uh, like 19th in the nation. Yeah. Uh, really good team. I'm all over Utah State, minus one and a half. Uh, I think this 10 seed uh, pushes through. I think they're a little underseeded. Uh, what are your thoughts? I think they're a little underseeded. Uh, it's fun to see a 10 seed as the betting favorite. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, the thing is that nobody outside of like the betting community is really aware of that, right? Mm. So if you're in your office pools, um, Utah State's getting about 44% oh, wow. <laughs> in the market on, on some of these sites to, to advance. So the betting favorite is going to be the bracket underdog. Um, now that gives you a nice spot. So yeah, I really yeah. like Utah State here in brackets. That's how I'm going to be going with it for sure. Uh, the number on this is probably pretty sharp, honestly. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit on a total if you really like it. I might get, I think I have that one on the sheet. Uh, no, I didn't bring it, but yeah, shot quality is going to lean under on this one. I think this is actually going to be one of our featured plays going out on an email really soon. So yes. we're definitely going to be on this under, under 155 shot quality is going to project this game at around 143. So not one of my 10 plays that I brought, but a little, uh, extra nugget for you. Yeah. So, uh, I love it. Thanks. Let's move on to, uh, the games that I find some of them are more difficult to want any action in. And that, that's these like 16 versus one seeds. Um, but if you look, um, at least the last couple of years, these 20 plus point spreads, we often don't see the one seeds hit that oftentimes you'll see a yeah. two or three seed just blow out a team by 30 points. Like, you know, Texas will do that, you know? Uh, but, but these one seeds, a lot of times, um, maybe it's cause they take the foot off the gas. They they've got, they've, bigger dreams ahead they can they can rotate players around get some minutes around uh, but these 20 plus point lines make it really hard for me uh, so i just typically i avoid um as far as ats obviously money lines not going to help you unless you want another the second yeah time. yeah no 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 i mean <laughs> a little steep a little steep eileen kansas minus the 21 and a half but i'm not playing it you know i actually agree with you um, and I'll tell you my quick perspective here. There's no real value on anything from shot quality on this game. Uh, maybe a little bit towards the over because, uh, you know, Kansas might just run a track meet, in my opinion, and Howard can put up some of those shots if Kansas doesn't really care. <laughs> you know, right. if Kansas is scoring 95, they're going to let Howard score 65, 70. And, and, you know, if we get 90 to 70, you're blowing past 146, right? So, um, that's that's kind of my thinking, um, but I think the Miac is a league to fade. Honestly, okay. they have you know some of those big blowouts have been against that Norfolk State team in the last couple of years. Uh, Howard beat Norfolk State in the championship, but shot that was quality a fun game. <laughs> great game. Shot quality expected Norfolk to win based on the shots taken. So uh, Howard might be riding a little bit of luck, 
they have been one of these teams that has scored more than expected for us. We expected them to be 14 and 17 this season. They actually went 19 and 12. A couple big wins that we expect to be losses, of course, in court, including Norfolk State, uh, expecting them to be scoring 0.02 points per possession on offense uh, less, and then allowing 0.01 more points per possession on defense more. So a little bit of regression there uh, that you don't want to see. I think this conference just continues to get run out of the gym. There's a real, there's a real chance here for me. Like this is a very heavily weighted like scenario distribution where this thing could get to 25, 30, even bigger. Uh, I don't see it very much staying at like 10, 15. If Howard's covering, it's going to be sneaking in right at like 18, 19, 17, you know, and yeah. if they're not covering, it could be 40. So I definitely lean towards Kansas to get it done. I think uh, they cruise past this Howard team. Howard, again, making the tournament's a big deal. Winning the conference is a big deal. They can lose with their chins held high. They can get blown out with their chins held high, honestly, and, and they probably will. <laughs> yeah, right. And to me, people are like, well, Bill Self, you know, just coming back off this. That I don't, is that? Yeah. But, you can, but you can spin that either way. They're going to play really hard for him. Yeah, I yeah. mean. You can either sleep me, through it or they'll play their butts off. Right. So not not a whole lot to say there. Then let's let's jump over to um, our, you know, a team that has is already picked up a victory in this March Madness. Uh, that's Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Uh, I saw the number at plus 22 and a half versus uh, the number one overall yeah. Alabama, I 22 and a half Alabama is great. I'll, I'll, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'll go with Corpus Christi cause I bet on them the other night and they, they made me money. So let's hope they can keep it within 22 and a half. But to me, it to me, this is more about what does Alabama want to do? Um, mm-hmm. So I think they again, want to win. I, I, this is a good number. This is a good number, a little bit better number than I think the Kansas number is. Um, I would probably take, points if I had to, but yeah. this one I'd probably stay away from. I think, you know, having that game under their belt, they're a little bit more fire beneath them. Uh, Mushila is a really good player. Uh, he could actually give this team a little bit of trouble and they could end up getting blitzed out the gate. Uh, I fully think Alabama wins by double digits, but 23-24 starts to get a little bit too big for my liking. Islanders could have some fun with it. They have nothing to lose, you know, so... Yeah. They have a little momentum to ride. I would take the points on that one or just, as I'm doing, staying far away. The, the one time I'll play a 16-1 is if the 16 comes out hot and um, all of a sudden that number starts to shrink a little bit. Um, and if it gets around halftime and it's like down to like 14, um, yeah, I'll go ahead and play it then. <laughs> you know, like I'll, uh, I'll, I'll jump in then. But let's go over to, uh, we always get these classic 12-5 upsets and uh, – I don't see it happening in this College of Charleston versus San Diego State game. I actually like San Diego State minus five and a half. Not like obviously uh, me saying this, I, I have them on the money line as well. Um, but uh, uh, College of uh, Charleston is tied for 222nd in three-point percentage. A lot of times when you see these smaller schools get these big upsets, it's, it's from the three-point line. But like you said, yeah. those shots are worth 50% more. It's a big deal. Um, but I don't see them being able to do it. I love San Diego State's defense. Um, I think they're able to, uh, to to play really strong here, and uh, they're also coming from a really strong conference. Um, so, so I, I'm kind of with the I'm rolling with the Aztecs minus five and a half. Yep. Uh, Me too. I got this one at four and a half. Uh, one of oh, my nice. personal favorite plays. Yeah, opened up there on I think Sunday night. Uh, five's fine. Five and a half should be okay. Um, this is. 
this is an interesting one for me because San Diego State has had a history where they don't perform well in the in the tournament. I think people remember that. Yeah. But yeah, we have this team winning this game at around eighty percent for San Diego State, and brackets have Charleston coming through at you know thirty two and a half percent. So that's just too high. Yeah. Uh, this is a good leverage spot to take a team or to go against the team that everybody's obsessed with in Charleston. Uh, they honestly played one of the most cupcake schedules I've seen in my life. They went, they have 30 wins. And if they had not gotten that 30th win and lost in their conference final, they wouldn't be here. Uh, yeah. not even close, <laughs> not even close. Uh, and look, we, we, you just, you need to play teams that are better than Stony Brook, Elon, Northeastern, Hampton, Delaware, Hofstra, Drexel. I mean, these teams just, I know Hofstra just got a big win last night, uh, you know, in, in the NIT against Rutgers. Massive stroke of luck for them, and, and, and Rutgers really wasn't playing their best. But, yeah, I don't really see a, a Mountain West team losing more than, you know, 20% of simulations to a team from the Colonial. They should yeah. just put them in their place a little bit. They're, look, South uh, San Diego State's not a pretty team. They're not going to... Score, shoot a lot of threes. They're not flashy. They're going to play a lot of defense. They're going to force some turnovers. They're going to hit shots in the mid range and they're going to, you know, make, you know, their shots down low. And I think there's just going to be a little bit too big for this team. Uh, I'm not really too impressed with most of what I see for this Charleston team. The big thing that pops out is they don't allow a lot of threes, but San Diego State doesn't care. So, yeah, San Diego State, one of our best value plays to make the Sweet 16 in terms of all of shot quality's numbers. Yeah, and I do think this is going to be a defensive battle, both teams in the top 26 uh, when it comes to defensive efficiency. So, um, I don't know. The the, 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 the total's probably already set pretty low, so yep. I, don't, I don't know if there's much value there. But, um, well, let's go from the Colonial to the Ivy, shall we? Uh, Princeton, I used to live in New Haven. They, uh, they beat out Yale, uh, the other day. Uh, that was a real heartbreaker for me. Not really. I had money on Princeton, so I was happy, (laughs) but, but Princeton, uh, faces one of the, um, elite teams out of the PAC 12, um, Arizona, uh, coming off their big, uh, PAC 12, uh, tournament win, um, gets to face Princeton, who a lot of people remember as like kind of an upset darling, uh, line is 14 and a half. I'll let you go first on this one. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I have I, no I, idea what to do. I took Arizona at 13 and a half. A couple of my favorites all got a point. I still think 14 and a half is okay. Um, I just think this Arizona team should crush them. I'm not really too excited about Princeton here. I think they got a pretty nice boost by having, I don't know if you know this about the Ivy League college basketball tournament, but it just rotates. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have set destinations, right? So yeah. it doesn't matter who wins. They don't have neutral sites. It's literally just like, okay, your turn this year. And, well, guess whose turn it was? It was Princeton's turn. That final game between Yale and Princeton was held in Princeton's gym. So that's a big deal in the Ivy, right? So I, I think Princeton is going to be at a little bit of a disadvantage. I'm not the biggest travel guy, but going out to Sacramento here for this game is not going to help them. Um, I, yeah. I think this is a fun spot for Arizona. They... How would I describe Arizona? I think they play with their food a little bit too much, and they have a little bit this season where they've had chances to put teams away. But Princeton's just not going to stack up to what they see in the Pac-12. 
Um, some pretty nice teams in the Pac-12. I, I actually had Oregon winning that tournament as a nice play. Sad they didn't get in on that and steal a bid. Thought they had a chance. But the competition is going to be pretty different. I think Arizona really pulls away on this Princeton team in the second half. They're just not going to have the legs to keep up with some of what Arizona is bringing to this table. Yeah, I am going. I had I had penciled in Princeton plus, but uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the favorite here. You you, you convinced me. Um, I'm gonna gonna go ahead and switch it on my uh, in my notes <laughs> so that I can make sure to, to cash Let's that go. ticket with you. Uh, now we got another uh, nine versus eight. Uh, this one that the eight seed is favored. We've got Illinois versus Arkansas minus one and a half. Um, this is our our last of like the Thursday day games. Uh, where are you on this one? I kind of lean. Arkansas minus one and a half. Illinois really struggled with consistency this year. Um, I don't know. I just don't. I just don't know if I see enough talent from this Illinois team. I thought their last few yeah. seasons they had much more talented teams and weren't able to produce all that much in the tournament. I don't see them doing it with this squad. I think that's how a lot of people feel. The line has kind of uh, shown that a little, but. I honestly think there's been some sharp action on this Illinois team here. Okay, it, opened, it opened at three. You know, it got to three. It's back down to one and a half. There's been some buying on Illinois, clearly. Shot quality is going to make this a half a point spread. So we have a little a little bit of value on Illinois. Um, they are probably, I, I'll confirm here, probably going to be the value choice for us. No, actually, it's not true. We have Arkansas as our valuable pick in our value bracket which, of course, you know, we want to go check out. It's a setting. It's just on the Shot Quality Bet site. Uh, it's, you know, it's got to enter your email. You get access to the value bracket. Pretty cool. Um, again, this all comes from these percentages where we just see Arkansas being selected around like 54 55% right now. And Shot Quality is just probably going to have that as pretty close yeah. uh, to what we actually expect. So when what we did is when it was like pretty spot on to what the market's doing, we just took the team we actually had winning. So and hopefully that makes sense to everyone. But mm -hmm. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, this is a pretty close in the market. So we think Arkansas ends up edging this out and we would recommend them as the bracket pick. We actually, the real value comes in having the winner of this team upset Kansas, right? Oh, wow. So that's where, again, that oh wow is exactly where value comes from, right? right. Because everybody's going to have Kansas going deep uh, they're, they're, they're sitting here, you know, as a 10% chance to win in on ESPN, almost one out of five brackets have them in the final and almost one of three brackets is going to have Kansas in the final four. Right. So, yeah, so you can get some variance. That's right. That's high. And look, there's, you want to definitely have some chalk. It's been shown time and time again, the best teams do it. But you also want to like find good spots to take those risks. Um, you know, there are definitely some two and three seeds that are overvalued. So we do like a couple one seeds. But yeah, having teams like Kansas, Purdue, and Alabama, which everyone's all over those three, right. having them lose at least before like the Sweet 16, or not even Sweet 16, but before the Elite Eight or the Final Four, it's just going to give you a chance to separate yourself if it happens. And if it, doesn't well yeah but again this is all game theory right creating right. a value bracket a leverage bracket is all game theory it's akin to how you play dfs right you might not take the best player but it's the best player for the price against the usage so we don't have prices but we do have usage so you want right. to make sure that you're not 
just sort of following the, the group think because then you're going to have your tournament decided on like if you chose the champion correctly. I mean, you're already going to need to choose the champion correctly, but um, to like win the best bracket. But at the end of the day, like if you're in a smaller group or, or maybe playing with some other people who try to take risks, we've tried to highlight some of them. So yeah, Arkansas, we do have getting past Illinois. And then if you want to get a little spicy, maybe have them beat a one seed. Who knows? Nice. So don't rock the chalk with the Jayhawk. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, again, you we, again, teed it, it up. Should I had to, it should I had happen. To, I had to but, talk rock chalk. Okay. Yeah. Let's move to the Thursday night games. We've got another yep. nine, eight. We've got Auburn minus one versus Iowa. I lead sec here. Um, Auburn, I think is just um, outstanding is coached so well. Um, I like this Auburn team um, from that perspective. Not to say that Iowa isn't. I think Iowa is also kind of underperformed as of late. Maybe that's uh, skewing my perception. And this is not the same team that's been here before. So, so talk to me. Um, am I am I seeing this wrong or Auburn minus one? I mean, that's a. I don't remember I don't off the top of my head because I put my best bets in yesterday. Oh no, it's a best yeah. bet. Auburn minus one. Am nice. I wrong? Nice. No, I I don't know that you're wrong. You know, there's no such thing as wrong in a one point spread in my opinion. Right? <laughs> yeah. There's 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 reason there's, I always say with like betting and anything else like sports, there's going to be like 25% games that you just automatically lose. You just, your team doesn't show up. There's going to be games you win at the same pace. It's how you do in the middle. Uh, so in those middle games, I think everyone, you know, you have a point. Um, I don't know. This Iowa team, man, is one of the most underperforming teams on all of shot quality. Like it's not wow. really much of a competition. Uh, Iowa is not not playing like a top 10 team, like a top five team, but shot quality is going to rate them right outside the top five. We have them as our sixth best team in shot quality. Uh, expect them to have three more wins on the season. Uh, expect them to beat some key teams. Nebraska, Ohio State losses at the end of the season had them winning. Wisconsin loss on the road had them winning. Purdue loss on the road had them winning. Um, you know, early Penn State loss on the road, Nebraska loss on the road, had them winning all of that based on the shots they manufacture. Of course, there was that incredible Eastern Illinois loss, right? That they took that Iowa team that they lost yeah. to Eastern Illinois. Again, shot quality based on the shots taken, expected Iowa to win that game by 14. So that's the thing about this Iowa offense. There's so many examples of this where we expect them to be doing so much better because they manufacture good offense. They just can't seem to get it done. So at some level, you look at this data for so long and you're like, all right, you know, it, it's great. They, they're they top 100 in shot selection, top 50 in spacing, uh, top 10 in turnover rate. They're very safe with the ball. But you know where they don't rank very well? They're bottom 10 percentile in shot making. Their yeah, guys just can't seem to make the shots that they create. So... You know, even though they're going to make good value shots, you're going to sit there and you're going to watch this team and be like, this should be up by 10. That's exactly what shot quality helps you quantify. This team is going to, you're going to very often say, Fran McCaffrey's squad should be winning this game by 10 points based on yeah. what they're doing on the floor. It just feels yeah. like that. But they just don't seem to do it. So, uh, you know, at some point, it's just, the horse is a horse, right? Like we can dress it up with analytics. We can say what we want. Uh, this is a game that is very fairly represented as a tight line. Because Iowa could show up as this monstrosity of a team that could just 
dominate you the way they did to Ohio State at home, almost winning by 20. Uh, you know, the way that they did to Northwestern at home, almost winning by 20. The way they did to Rutgers on a double-digit home win. The way they did to Maryland on a double-digit home win. Like, they clearly have done it, but they've struggled away from home. And we know yeah. that Bruce Pearl and Auburn are close by in Birmingham. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I all the basketball stuff, uh, just watching the sport, Auburn. Metrics, Iowa. But the eye test just says Iowa just can't hit those shots. And shot quality agrees they can't hit the shots. We give them a 54% chance to beat Auburn. But I I like the 46, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And, that's what, and that's, I think, important. To, to recognize and i think too it shows you like there's more than one way to look at these numbers too yeah. like yeah. um and i think that's that's really important and i, I love bruce pearl ever since his uh his coaching days at uh how that milwaukee wisconsin squad yep, yep. um that was so much fun uh all right let's uh let's move on to uh, one of the hotter teams coming in um well, actually two really hot teams coming in we've got duke who uh has looked so strong uh, where everyone else is, is dealing with these injuries and people wondering how is Houston going to do? How is uh, Tennessee? Like all these different teams that have, have questions here, but, but Duke is actually getting healthier. Uh, they're, yeah. they're healthy. They're, they're ready to go. They've got two seven footers. Um, I'm excited to see what this can do. Of course, uh, Oral Roberts coming off 17 in a row. They have a seven footer of their own in Connor Vanover, yeah. who could be a real problem. Um, and he might not even be their best player. Uh, so, so this is an interesting game, uh, less than a touchdown here, six and a half. Uh, but I'm still riding with Duke because uh, recency bias. <laughs> I just liked how they looked in that ACC tournament. They have looked really good. I'm upset that this is the matchup we got, honestly. I thought both these teams could make a run based on what I've seen, and now only one of them gets to. Um, but that's another 5 be 12, by the way. Sorry, yeah. another 5 12. Another 5 12. I'm on the 5 to advance here. Okay. Good. Yeah. To advance in in your bracket, it's going to be a tough test for Oral Roberts. I do I like probably that. lean the points. I don't know. I don't know. This is one. I don't think I have a bet on this one. I think I passed on it. This is going to be one of the best games of tomorrow's slate. I think you're going to see a big back and forth. But the problem is that a spread like six and a half is something that Duke could just stretch. The, this game could be one or two points. You know, ten lead changes. And Duke still covers because in the last five minutes they hit a couple threes. Or Roberts can't respond. They swarm Max Abemus, who is midcourt Max to a T. He's awesome to watch. But again, if they can scheme him out of things, it's going to be tough. I lean Duke to advance. I, I don't really feel like they have a lot of you know value on like a money line. Um, but they they should do it right. Like they they're the 32nd team in shot quality. Uh, some of the things they excel at, they're the eighth best offensive rebounding team. Like you said, two seven footers helps. They're actually pretty slow. But again, shot quality is going to say 80% chance Duke wins. Uh, and you know, surprisingly, this Oral Roberts team has drawn enough love from the basketball community that. Duke's only being played at 81% to win this game in brackets. So I'm actually uh, surprised it's that high. I yeah, I would have thought yeah, people no, it, would be it, all over Oral Roberts just because of seeing what some upsets they've had in the past. And people just hate no. Duke. The problem is, is that we're talking about the millions of people who use the bracket challenge after never having watched 
right. an ounce right. of college basketball, right? Like I would love to filter out into what the people who have watched college basketball a year are doing. I'm sure it's a much higher Oral Roberts percentage, but you know, you just get that Duke fandom tax. It's like betting on the Yankees or the Dodgers. It's going to have an extra 5% cooked in because you know, the people who are just tuning in, who know Duke as an elite basketball team, you know, they take the teams like, you know, Gonzaga and Duke and, and these teams they've heard of uh, yeah. as basketball schools. So, uh, but at the end of the day, it matches up with what we expect. We really do yeah. expect Duke to get this done. Uh, we expect the game to be around 10 points. So shot quality is going to have a slight lean to Duke, but if you're getting six and a half, it's still going to escape our threshold for a play. All right. That, thank you. We're going to head over to, um, you, you've already mentioned this university, um, the Colgate, your, was it your, the founder? Um, yeah, founders alma mater. From, so, so, so we'll try to keep that in mind when we talk so, about this, but um, we got toothpaste versus Texas and man, toothpaste. Texas with two blowout wins over the Jayhawks, uh, big win over Gonzaga. They have a top 20 offense, a top 20 defense. Um, I actually think Texas, I have them in my final four. I haven't submitted my final four. I do think they make a deep run. Um, so I not only like them, obviously, to advance if I have them in the final four, but I do like the minus 14. Uh, Colgate really struggles from the line. Um, I think that could be a problem um, in a game like this. Uh, I, I just don't know how Colgate keeps up um, over yeah. the entirety of a game. This is going to be rough. I think you got to go with Texas to advance. Um, this is not going to be the easiest position for Colgate. Uh, yeah, I, I can't really back either side. I think Colgate, you know, basically the committee told them, hey, you keep playing in this, this Patriot League. We're not giving you better seeds than 15s. Like, we don't care how many years in a row you make it out of here. You're playing nothing. You know, you're not even getting the 30 wins. You're losing a few games. You're getting a 15. You're playing one of the top 10 teams in the country. It's tough. It's a tough assignment. Yeah. I, yeah. There's very little chance that Colgate wins. Um, you know, we, we do make this to be a, a pretty tough matchup. Texas is a top 10 shot quality team, top five defense in terms of what they allow teams to generate. Uh, you know, they've, they've done a good job. People think they might not have the coaching now to do it, but early rounds, you're not going to see it. We make this about 13 points, 86% chance that Texas wins. So yeah, pretty high. Uh, a lot of people are going to have them advancing in around 93, but again, it's not really big enough of a difference from what we're seeing in our actual projections to say that there's value on Colgate. Uh, okay. just, there's yeah. purely not enough of a chance they win for there to be value against what people are picking. Yeah, well, that's great. Um, let's move on to a, 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 a game with a really tight line. Uh, Boise State plus one and a half versus Northwestern. So the seven seed is favored. Um, but I, I like the points with Boise State. Uh, in fact, I'm leaning Boise State money line. I know it's only one and yeah. a half, so it's not like yeah. it's a big play. Uh, but um, they're, they're very strong. Uh, the, the Broncos uh, are very strong. They give up a 40% field goal against. Um, and we know Northwestern can really struggle to score at times. So I, I could see them getting in a, a slump in Boise State being able to um, exploit that. Um, again, we talked about uh, the Mountain West already. So um, what what are your takes here? I'm curious to, to yeah. hear your thoughts on this one. I think that uh, Boise ends up being a pretty solid pick here, uh, getting a, a decently low chance of winning. Shot quality does have Boise to do it. Uh, we're going to make this one a little bit closer uh, to a two-point game for Boise to win. 
I'm not really sure what I think about this. This is one of the games that I was, you know, I was talking with my co-host over on our podcast the other day. This is one of the games that I just have no idea what to make of, man. Like, I don't, I don't know. Boo Booey is awesome, right? I lo- I really want to see him continue to play in this tournament. Uh, they also have another guard, Chase Odige. I think that's how you say his name, uh, who's very, very talented as well. So guard play is always really important. But yeah, we're going to put Boise at about a two-point favorite here. Um, it's it's probably a nice spot to grab the points if we expect them to win, is what I would say. These are both very, very good uh, units from from Northwestern. Like, we do rate Northwestern higher, but the thing is the matchup is just kind of bad, honestly, for this Northwestern team. They're going to run into a Boise team that kind of does what they do, like defends what they do a lot. Um, so they're going to defend the screen action well. Uh, they're going to defend catch-and-shoot threes decently. Uh, it, it should be an interesting spot here. Uh, I'm, I'm not really sold on anything, like I said, so I, I would probably lean points in that scenario because we do project Boise as the winner. Great. Another one of these 16 versus one. We've got Northern Kentucky plus 19.5 versus Houston, who we just saw uh, lose a really – it it did not, I'd never say a team quit, but man, that that final few minutes of that uh, Memphis game, it looked like they were like, "All right, we're good. We don't have our main man. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll make sure he gets healthy, and we'll make a run in the in the tourney." That being said, I don't know if he, I don't know if you risk playing him against a 16 seed. So 19 and a half. But again, what does that mean? Um, it's not like Houston's backups uh, should struggle or a backup should struggle against. Um, Northern Kentucky, but 20 no. points is a lot to win by. 20 points is a lot. Houston's clearly done it. Memphis is a different monster than Northern Kentucky. <laughs> yes, one indeed. of the best guards in the country in Kendrick Davis. I love that Memphis squad. We'll get to that in a minute, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I, this is another one I stayed away from. Uh, I, again, I don't, I don't really have much of a perspective on this one. I think shot quality has this one a little bit closer to that. 18 point no you know we're at 21 we only project northern kentucky to score 50 points oh. uh but yeah expecting Team total under right there baby let's go yeah <laughs> yeah definitely gonna be a total underplay on the team total there uh they may only be expected i don't even know how many points they're expected to put out uh it's not I'm going to look while you, while you talk, I'll look that up because this I is right it, up my degenerate wheel alley. I love team total unders and over. I think it looks like, yeah, it looks like it's actually right around there. The total is set here at, at 122 and the line's at 20. So yeah, it's expected to be 70 to 50. It's going to be a pretty slow one for Northern Kentucky. You're probably going to get like a 51.5 or a 50.5 team total. Um, yeah, this could go even lower. Um, I think, Houston can dig its heels into the defense. It's going to be a pretty rough one. You're not going to get much of an edge taking in Northern Kentucky, even though, like, again, people are taking them. There's like 90, there's 4% of brackets that have Northern Kentucky. So people like okay. to be fun. Um, yeah. But it's probably not worth it. Even if there is like a, even if it should be 6%, it's not worth it. Yeah. Just take Houston. Houston, honestly, is the, I'll tell you right now, I'm not sure we're going to get into it. It is the shot quality value champion pick. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I'll tell you why. It's because Texas is one of the highest rated teams to make the Final Four. They are the highest two seed in terms of usage for the Final Four. 
So that opens up some value on Houston to make it. 13 yeah, percent of brackets have Texas going out of that region instead. Uh, we disagree. We think Houston should really do it. Uh, I know like from some pretty reliable people who pay more attention to this than I'm able to, Sasser's fine. Uh, he probably could have played against Memphis. They didn't care. They're yeah. here for this. They're here for the tournament. Um, so if you're worried about, oh, man, Marcus Sasser might be a little injured. He, you know, he made like a uh, weird split motion and pulled his groin a little bit. He's, had over, he's going to have over almost a week. Uh, he might play restricted minutes against Northern Kentucky. I don't think that's going to matter. They're going to get to the Sweet 16 in a week and a, in a week and a half from now. He's going to be fine, um, and he will continue to be one of the better shot makers for that team and help them play elite defense like Houston a lot. I also understand why people like Texas. I do, but uh, I I feel pretty comfortable saying it's going to be one of those teams coming out of that region. So no, that's pretty that's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting one. Yeah, that's great input right there. I do think Texas has an interesting path where they might end up having to play a lot of Texas teams, uh, like teams from the state of Texas. Uh, Let's move on. Let's hit uh, Louisiana plus 11 and a half uh, faces off against Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee's coach Barnes is 19 and 32 against the spread in the tourney and only 24 to 18 as a favorite. Now, 24 and 18, obviously winning um, more than you're losing, but uh, Barnes is also typically a high seed, so you would expect that number to be even higher than it is. Uh, Zakai Ziegler is out for Tennessee, season-ending yep. season ending injury. Um, so give me Louisiana and the 11.5 points. I still Ooh. think Tennessee wins. I think they advance. But um, give me the underdog as far as my against the spread play. Nice. I'm going to disagree with you. No, actually. good. Because I actually like yeah. Tennessee. But <laughs> so, so, again, I think – a lot of that is leading to a little bit of a market opening on Tennessee. Uh, we make this one a lot closer to 17 points. Oh, wow. Uh, Tennessee to win. Yeah, it's a rough matchup for Louisiana, in my opinion. Uh, so, they, yeah. real quick, before you give me the reason why, this is one of those instances where I'm not going to now switch my pick to Tennessee, but I will no longer place this bet. <laughs> like uh, This will not be one that goes on, on, on the I, so That is a very lot much. of uh, respect for my analysis, and I appreciate that. I can be very wrong, though. You know, I'm, I'm still sitting at like that, that sweet old 53 and a half lifetime. But, um, you know, this is, this is a really interesting spot. Louisiana, you know, they're really bad in transition. They don't shoot free throws well. They're going to just allow for Tennessee to get what they want on ISO looks. They, they have, you know, they've defended okay, but they continuously allow more points than we think they should. Uh, the shot selection on offense is really poor, and I'm really worried about that. Uh, bottom 30 percentile in shot selection, Tennessee's going to eat that up. They, I, I know that Zakai Ziegler is really important for their offensive flow, but you got to think this team has had some time now compared to like what happened like right off the bat when they you know barely knew how to run their sets and turn the ball over 15 times in each of the two games they also yeah. ran really high offensive efficiency in those two games without him though so there's there's something to be said for you know his play and of course top i believe top 50 in the country in assist rate but that comes with usage so i'm not super worried i feel like they're gonna have a next man up mentality they will have some people that can fill in here uh if there's going to be a team that gives them trouble, it's going to be Duke in the next round. But uh, that'll be a fun one. Yeah, and hot take: Tennessee's could end up opening as a favorite. I know that might sound a little crazy, but you know they could very easily, even with the injury, 
end up being a favorite. And with the Duke tax, maybe it gets hit to like a pick em. But I would be shocked. I mean, I'd be shocked. Look at Oral Roberts getting only plus six and a half against That's Duke. That's true. Yep. You're going to give Tennessee two and a half? They're, what, four points better than Oral Roberts? No. They are six to eight points better than Oral Roberts. They'll be favored against Duke, uh, even with the injury here. No individual player in college basketball is ever worth that much, even in pro yep. basketball. You know, LeBron sits out. The line doesn't spike 10 points spikes a few moves moves a few but this is college uh this is about programs and coaching and i understand that people don't like barnes record and very very well maybe the team gives up in the last 10 minutes and and they're up by 15 and they don't cover i wouldn't wouldn't surprise me given what i've seen in my career but i do think this is a really good shot for tennessee to hear all this everyone's down on them everyone's like oh they're losing first round i don't know man (laughs) this might be with ziegler i think this was one of the best teams we've ever seen the tennessee program produce uh his loss is big but they should have other ball handlers they're gonna figure it out and vescovy's shooting the lights out i just this is a very different team than what louisiana has faced in the sun belt they're gonna have some problems great yeah no that like i said I, i won't be I won't be putting money behind Louisiana anymore. Well, I, ho- I hope it's. Uh, I hope it goes that way now. The yeah. best bets. The, sometimes the best bets are the ones you don't make. Uh, okay. I mean, I make. I won't make any money, but I, I won't lose any. So, so I'm okay on this one. Uh, Penn State. Um, I did not think they had a shot against Purdue in uh, the Big Ten championship game, and at, for for a while there, it looked like Purdue was just going to slam the door on them. Uh, but they crawled back in it. Did not get the win, but they made it interesting at least. Here they are facing off against uh, Texas A&M, who many people believe uh, is one of the biggest underseeded teams uh, of the tournament as a seven seed. Uh, the Aggies are 23 and 11 ATS uh, this season, um, and as a three and a half or more point favorite, which this game, this line is at minus three for te- Texas A&M. They're 16 and seven. I'm on Texas A&M in this game. Um, I just think they have uh, better athletes. I'm a little bit more excited about how they can score, but I'm curious what your data is going to say about this one um, because uh, Penn state has been playing better as of late. Yeah. Uh, I'm on Penn state personally. Shot quality doesn't really have a play. I like the plus three. This is going to be a heck of a game. This might be my sleeper pick for best game of the round. Um, like literally this could be incredible. Both these teams have incredible shot makers. Uh, Texas A&M feel like people could be sleeping on them a bit but I just can't go against the shot making. Like these players for Penn State, booty ball, as Coach Underwood called it, um, they are meant for the tournament. They are meant for these moments. They are going to hit the craziest, most contested shots. They are blind confident. They are drinking the Damian Lillard juice. They don't care. They have ice in their veins. They're going to put up the shot. Um, I like it. I like it. I like watching it. I want them to go far. Um, so I did add the plus three to my card. It looks like it's moved against me a little bit, maybe because I'm picking emotionally with that shot quality <laughs> makes it right around, I think one or two points for this team. Uh, we, we do see Penn state as one of the better teams. They are a top 100 teams. Uh, but you know, the, the offense is pretty good, but there's still a little bit left to be desired. They've manufactured a lot of wins. So this Penn state team comes in, I think winning eight of their last 10. Shot quality only expecting them to win one of those games. Oh, wow. That's that's pretty steep. Um, so they are really kind of hitting crazy shots to do all of this. Uh, that lines up with them being the sixth best shot-making team in the country. 
So uh, they are outperforming their own expectations at the sixth highest rate, you know, and, and the shot selection is 334th in the nation, bottom 10%. So taking terrible looks, but their guys are such good shot makers. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. But here's the interesting thing. They do not allow you to take good shots on defense. So they do have something you can hang their hat on. Uh, sixth best shot selection against in all of D1. Um, so pretty pretty cool there. Pretty interesting metric. This is going to be very interesting. They limit opponents to bad shot selection and can seemingly hit the toughest shots out there. So I like Penn State, but don't sleep on them. Shot quality does make this a one-point game. We don't sleep on AM. It's a one-point game. Uh, A&M is the top is a top 20 team in shot quality, takes really good looks, but their defense is just a little problematic. So uh, look for A&M's offense to operate well. Look for Penn State's offense to operate well. Maybe a little over lean, uh, but this should be this should be so much fun. I mean, you're talking about one of the top shot making teams in the country, and you're talking about one of the top shot selection teams in the country. So it's yeah. going to be a battle of styles. Is it reliable looks or is it great shot makers? That's the story of A&M Penn State. Fun. I like it. I'll, I'll be looking forward to that one. Um, and, and hopefully it is a good game because the only other game left on Thursday night uh, has a 17 and a half uh, point line. And that's UNC Asheville versus UCLA. And the thing I'm most excited about uh, this UCLA game, uh, talking about it, that is, is uh, I get to share my uh, my nickname for uh, Hawkes is uh, is Jay Trey because okay. it's Hame Hawkes Jr. So JJJ, Jay Trey. Um, I love him so much. Uh, I'm an Oregon fan and a UConn fan, but um, watching UCLA beat us up um, often, uh, uh, thanks to Jay Trey, is, uh, is, is been, um, has been fun. But he's injured. Um, of course, he's not out um, uh, like uh, Jalen Clark with his Achilles injury. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're banged up. Do you yeah, think that matters are. in this round? I think it matters. No, I don't. Advancing, no. Uh, you know, covering, covering, <laughs> covering 17 and a half. Another big number. Probably a little. Um, UNC Asheville, though, most lucky team in shot quality. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy how lucky they are. 37.6% difference between their record and their expected record. They went 26 and 6. We expect them to be 14 and 18. You think it was bad with Penn wow. State? They had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen wins on shot quality that we expected to be losses. They did have some losses we expected to be wins, so it evens out. But I mean, you can go check this out. We don't. If you want to go look at some of these team standings and the record luck and the shot quality win percentages, you can actually just go to shotquality.com. And check out the team stats. I don't think there's a paywall to some of the basic ratings. So if you're just interested in how shot quality is looking, the shotquality.com site is pretty cool for that. Um, I love showing people our info. But I mean, yeah. you go back even last year, uh, even Providence didn't have a luck, a record luck last year of this. You know, you go back even years before, in, in the time that shot quality has been around, which is data collected for the last four years, including this one, there has never been a team above a record luck of 30. And UNC Asheville has it. They have a wow. negative 36% record luck. So I'm on the fade UNC Asheville train. Uh, they are some of the biggest frauds out there. And that goes right with how shock quality works, right? So we have 
all of those expected scores of every single game. UNC Asheville on their actual scores went 17 and 14 against the spread. We, if you graded those closing spreads on shot quality scores, they would have gone eight and 24 against the spread. Jeez. So <laughs> yeah, they've been very lucky to not allow more points is really what yeah. it comes down to. So shot quality is still going to have this one at around 18, 17 points. Now, you know, we are notoriously slow to adapt for injury because our model is based off a of season of work. So especially right. late in the season, what you're seeing out of UCLA is really what they've done with Clark, but there's still a top 12 offense and he wasn't exactly the entire offense. Uh, they're still going to be very good. I still think they dispatch this UNCA team quite easily. I will personally be putting my money against them, but again, shot quality is not going to have a play. Nice. Yeah. And I love Tiger Campbell. The dude can ball out uh, for UCLA. Uh, let's move over to Friday. Uh, the morning games kick off. Um, We've got uh, USC traveling all the way across the world to the East Coast uh, for this early one um, against Michigan State. Michigan State favored by one and a half. Um, I like Sparty here, um, minus one and a half. Uh, it's, you know, these, these lines are so tight. It feels like a pick em game, you know. Um, I, love, I like what Sparty can do from, from three. Of course, Izzo is um, a god among men when it comes to basketball coaches. Um, and I, I just, uh, I, I think Sparty gets up for this one. Uh, one of my, my few uh, Big Ten teams that I'm backing here, but I like, I like Sparty against this. I can't say Sparty in this game, can I? Um, I like Michigan State in this one. Yeah, yeah. Little uh, Spartan battle here. <laughs> I didn't um, realize that until halfway through I was talking. It's like, well, Trojans and Spartans. You <laughs> oh, know, that's it's, true, yeah. It's, but something's going on with a horse and, and the pit and three hundred. Anyway, um, yeah, this is a really interesting one for me. I think it might be Michigan State. Uh, you know, both these teams, shot quality is a little bit lower on than the market. So we have Michigan State coming in around our top 70, and USC is going to be like five, six, seven spots below them at around like 78, 77. So, you know, that makes it tough. That makes it tough. I do think the coaching advantage has to go to Tom Izzo. He's done. He's been here before. Uh, he is, you know, I don't know, one of the best for sure. I think we've seen some catastrophic first round losses for him in the past. I don't yep. know if it's that year. Uh, USC is definitely a little different now, with, uh, you know, without the Mobley's there. We're both really strong anchoring players for a long time. Uh, Evan Mobley obviously dominating at the NBA level. Isaiah Mobley, I think, is also on that team. Not 100% sure. They might be on the same team. I literally, I haven't checked into NBA unless Me it's neither. like to go check out what's going on with the Knicks because uh, I live like 50 blocks up. But um, yeah, no, I think it's Sparty, 60% expected chance, 60% in the markets to advance. Uh, I think it's pretty fair. No real play here. This team has been very up and down. I'm not really too concerned about that loss to Ohio State, um, but they're probably not winning the championship or anything. Right. Well, solid pick to come out of this round. Uh, and I think, I don't know if you want to take them going too much further, but yeah, there might be some value on them beating Marquette. So yeah, I, I like them to make the set. I, I think they're a valuable pick to make the second weekend. Like they're, they're like a, for the price and for the amount of people taking them, they're a solid pick to make the sweet 16. Great. Uh, let's move on to Kennesaw state. The, uh, the lone representative uh, from the great state of Georgia uh, college football national champions. 
uh, are 11.5 point favorites versus Xavier. Uh, Kennesaw State is 9-3 and three, uh, against the spread as the dog and 3-1 and one against the spread when they are a double-digit dog. So, um, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't watch Kennesaw State at all this year. Uh, I did watch Xavier, um, and uh, Xavier's good, but I, I, I'm just going to go with 11.5. It's a big number. Um, the double-digit dog thing kind of makes me... But again, like you said, this could be a, a seven-point game, and then you get into the the foul and yeah. shoot them up game, and yeah. Yeah. you know you miss two threes, and they hit all their free throws, and all of a sudden <laughs> Xavier wins by Xavier 14. Xavier should do it. I mean, you want to talk about some of the most fun players in the tournament. I mean, Suli Boom is going to be one of them. Like, you, you got to watch this guy. Like, if you haven't watched any college basketball this season, you will enjoy watching this player play. He is just silky smooth. The jumper is clean. The decision-making is smart. He facilitates his teammates. I Look, Kennesaw State, I believe, was a member of the Never Made the Tournament Club. Uh, so they've just exited their, their stay at the clubhouse. But, you know, they were one of the feel-good stories of the season. They were a two-win, one-win team five years ago. And oh, they are wow. now dancing. And they yeah. beat a very impressive Liberty squad in the A-Sun to get here. Uh, I think sometimes you just you understand. Like, again, it's like, it's like Howard. Like we said, they're going to be playing with their chins up. They can get dominated with their chins up. It doesn't really matter uh, to them. I think this could be a spot for Xavier. I, I, this is a decent play here for us. Uh, I do think this one's going to come in as one of those 10 units that we talked about at the end. Uh, so, right. yeah, I like laying it with the points on Xavier here. I think we're getting a little bit too much respect for Kennesaw. They should probably have trouble with one of the better teams in the Big East, even without Zach Fremantle. All right. That's good to know. Uh, we've got Baylor um, against UC Santa Barbara, uh, plus 10.5 there. Uh, Baylor, uh, I am like 1-8 and eight betting on Baylor this year against the spread. Like anytime I bet Baylor, they lose uh, my bet. They don't lose the game necessarily. Uh, so don't listen to me on this one. Justin, take it away. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, this one's so tough. I'm not really sure how I feel about Baylor. Lost that first round of the Big 12 tournament game. You know, there's that the rest of <laughs> yeah i mean you know you there's never been a team that's won the whole thing the big dance after losing the first game in their conference tournament i don't know if you know that fact i but didn't know true. that that's interesting yeah never happened um so you should if you got a baylor ticket i'm sorry uh, i'm probably gonna end up ripping that up i have a baylor ticket so we're probably ending we're gonna rip that up together we can uh we can have <laughs> yeah. a safe space cry um but look Baylor should get past this team. I, I think there's just too much, uh, you know, for UCSB to deal with here. I can tell you what shot quality makes it. Um, it's it's probably going to be a little bit lower than I thought because Baylor has kind of fallen in our rankings recently. Uh, took a lot of losses, even on shot quality scores. Shot quality, expecting them to lose five of their last six games. So you're going to take a little bit of a hit. But, yeah, we have this one right at 10 around 80% for them to advance here. Uh, Baylor's going to come in around 90%. So just, just too close to say take UCSB. Uh, so we will say Baylor's okay, but there's probably decent value. I mean, again, UCSB should win this game every one out of five times. Just do they keep winning? Probably not. Um, right. so yeah, I, I don't I don't hate a USB, USSB, UCSB upset, 
tongue twister. But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm probably staying off this one. It should be a, a, a good competition in terms of dancing around that 10 and a half point line. All right, cool. Um, this one, I think, is my 12-5 upset right here. VCU plus four and a half against St. Mary. St. Mary is very good uh, defensively. Again, one of these very slow, uh, methodical teams. Uh, but man, VCU is so hot right now. Um, Ace Baldwin looks like the real deal. I, I love watching that guy play. Um, VCU also just made me some money over the weekend in uh, conference play in their tournament. Um, so maybe again, I can always be blinded by uh, some some recent cash. Uh, but but I like VCU uh, plus four and a half, and I like them to advance. Yeah, this is a very popular one. I know. I know for certainty that Shock Quality actually has us right on the dot. We have four and a half, too. Line's been made beautifully. Uh, interesting fact, VCU is the number one team in shot selection in the nation. Oh, wow. So they nice. manufacture really good looks. Uh, you know, thing is, is, some of those metrics like shot selection are not necessarily weighed against the average. So it's not like adjusted for strength of schedule or anything which means that you have to take it with a grain of salt because it's been against the A-10 defenses. Right. right. Um, now, look, you don't get number one without doing it against everyone. Shot quality is reliable for a reason. We have, I believe, 13 teams who are using shot quality data as college basketball programs are in the tournament, uh, which is really exciting. I'm really hoping we get a winner this year. We have some really great teams uh, who use our data. And again, that's why it's valuable because it works, <laughs> uh, which is crazy, crazy that it works, but it, it really does. It's been proven to here and back a million times, all these different teams, but yeah, big pass on this one. I think our value bracket does have VCU here just because we're right at the line. Um, yeah. you know, in terms of how many people are selecting them, St. Mary's expected to win this game around 67% per our math over here at shot quality. And you're probably seeing St. Mary's, yeah, getting through people's first round at around 65%. So, again, in a scenario where there's not much uh, initial value in the market, we're just going to go with the team we expect to win more likely than not. So, St. Mary's should be your advancing team. But, yeah, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. VCU is a little tough. My only concern is that they aren't the defense that I think people remember them as the past years. So, like, there can be a lot of, like, year-to-year recency bias with people coming sure. in. Um, yep. So, yeah, this isn't the defensive juggernaut of old VCU, but they actually have really nice offensive attack. And they have some really good players. St. Mary's could get caught sleeping, but, yeah, I think St. Mary's probably, if I had to guess, St. Mary's wins by, like, two. All right, that's good. Vermont, the Catamounts uh, versus Marquette. Line set at 10.5. Marquette coming off uh, the Big East uh, win. Um which always hurts my heart as a UConn fan. Yeah. Um, Marquette is young. They're athletic. They're, they're really strong. Uh, Vermont is a bunch of seniors, uh, which, you know, I just always expect a bunch of tall, white seniors playing for Vermont. Um, yeah. Not always the case, but, <laughs> but often. Uh, More likely than this one. I kind of lean Vermont plus 10 and a half. Um, I think Marquette advances. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I agree. I agree with you. Take the points on Vermont. Shock quality. I know this one is on my list. We make this one at six and a half. Um, so a little bit lower than what most people think. Real quick, uh, Justin. Which, yeah. Is there a number, like if you're like, uh, is there a number where you're like, oh, they're at six and a half, we're at ten and a half, at four points of value. That's Is there a specific number, number that you use? You hit it on the head. Yes. We need 
so we do four points. We need more than four points. So you need 4.1 to trigger a play for a spread. And then we, we bump it to five. At, you need five more than five for a total. Uh, and this is through, you know, extensive back testing on multiple years of NCA closing line data to figure out where the model really takes the jump from noise to profit. And it's at the four point line for spreads and a five point line for totals. And of course, you know, different models work different ways. When I had my first models and was, you know, out there hanging out with the guys over at Sportsline, for me, it was three. Um, and then my model showed predictive accuracy above three. Our model shows it at four. So yeah, uh, yeah. we're making this one at around six and a half. Uh, so, you know, 10 and a half is a little tight, but, you know, I just think, I don't know. I mean, you know, talking about VCU going right into a Marquette game is fun because, you know, Shaka Smart went on that crazy run with VCU. And yep. I believe he's lost every single game in opening rounds he's played in since, I think, seven That's in a crazy. row. Uh, I just so remember, yeah, his VCU yeah. team beating Duke was just so fun. That last crazy. second shot hasn't, oh, was so awesome. Yeah, hasn't hasn't won a game in the tournament since that run. Uh, Quick question. So, yeah. This is completely aside. That shot just made me think about it. Uh, DraftKings has a bet available. Any team to win with a buzzer beater at Ooh. plus 100. Buzzer beater, like meaning time. there's no time left. Literally zero seconds left. There's no time for the other team to touch the ball. But it's at plus 100 wow. for the whole tournament. I took it. I think that's just a fun one. I don't yeah. know if I'm going to go ahead and put a full unit on something like that, but like right. that's just enjoyable. Uh, <laughs> win a little bit, bit of money if it happens. I, I think that's a lot of fun. I think that probably ends up does happening because you're going to get a lot of close games. You're going to get a lot of half court heaves. Um, teams have gotten actually in the last couple of years a lot better at managing the time, the last five seconds. Like you'll see a team like football pass it across the half line and call a timeout and only lose two seconds without taking a dribble yeah. off the clock. And then they can organize something with a little bit better uh, play design off the sideline. So I, I like it. I like it. It's, I don't know how the heck you'd actually calculate your own odds on that. Uh, but you know, for yeah. a fun little sprinkle, if you want to enjoy it, I, you know, that's the thing, right? I think if you're, there's, there's betting for enjoyment and then there's betting for profit. And if, you want to go put some fun money on that one? Do it. I, I wouldn't say you have an edge, though. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, if, okay. if, you know, the book's offering something with no explanation. It's you're probably paying a little bit more than you should. But oh, sure. uh, yeah, no, that should be fun. That should be a fun one. I, and I think, you know what? I, I'll say it. It should happen. It should happen. It's March Madness. What would it yeah. be? What would madness be without some last second right. shots? So I wasn't sure what the line was on this next one. So I just looked it up. But Pitt um after their win here they're um they're getting four points against iowa state uh iowa state is the sixth seed i uh i'll be honest i haven't looked at this game yet at all uh so maybe you can break this down for me and tell me which way to, to lean on this yeah this one you know i obviously haven't had as much chance to take a peek at yet just getting finalized last night shot quality expected uh mississippi state to win that game by six points uh i was on you know, mississippi state in that yeah, one man, they can't shoot they had two shots, right? The buzzer to advance. I, I uh, tough one. I'm honestly happy they're not in the tournament anymore because you know their profile is exactly what I look for in a team. It's like they should be performing so much better, and you're getting good value with them. They just keep underperforming. Yeah. So it's just like, okay, good riddance, goodbye. Have yeah. a have a nice summer, guys. Um, but yeah, this this pit team has just continuously won games they shouldn't have. Um, you know, I get a lot of a lot of loyal Pitt fans on Twitter, so I get a lot of Pitt fan commentary. But we make this five points, uh, 31% chance for Pitt to advance here. 
seems pretty fair. Lines at four or five. Uh, you know, it's Iowa State's the number one defense on shot quality by a, by a good amount. So mm. if that holds true and they play like that, they should be able to advance to the Sweet 16, Elite Eight. Um, defense tends to translate really well in the tournament. So I think right. they run in Pittsburgh runs in, into a a immovable object that just we're not expecting to sort of hit. Um, it's it's been very interesting. Iowa State's gotten very unlucky this year, even with this top defense. They're three hundred and twenty second in shot making against, which means teams have gotten very lucky shooting against this team. So if you think the Iowa State defense is good, imagine how much better they would be if they, you know, teams shot to their expected averages against them. They would be allowing 0.02 points per possession less than they already do. So uh, pretty crazy. They're really good. Um, They should have won more games. So I lean Iowa State. I've been fading Pittsburgh. It's worked a little bit. Look, I I hit that GT uh, spread against them. That was pretty easy. It was like almost GT almost won. But uh, yeah, no, I'm pretty comfortable taking Iowa State there. Great. Now that that's perfect because uh, yeah, like I said, I didn't look at that one yet, so uh, now I feel good about it. Uh, a game that a lot of people are uh, kind of writing off. Another eleven versus six, NC State versus Creighton. Uh, the Blue Jays, uh, from where I'm seeing, my, my Twitter feed is all and NC State does not have a chance. Uh, yet you look at some of uh, Creighton's best games are, are almost wins or close losses versus Kansas, Arizona. Um, of course, NC State barely made it in, but we always see those teams that kind of barely squeeze themselves in there and then go on a little bit of a run and kind of surprise everyone. Uh, the yeah. line is five here. Um, is the public, first of all, am I right on my assumptions that the public is all over um, the Blue Jays here, or uh, is NC State getting some love? And, and secondly, uh, do you just go minus five, Creighton? Let's let's pick a winner in advance, or do you think the Wolfpack yeah. can uh, make this a game? So Creighton's getting picked around two thirds of brackets right now. It looks like uh, shot okay, quality so, recommends taking them too. Uh, okay, I actually thought it would have been higher than that. Uh, yeah, just from no, I my think perception, but... yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think when you work in sports, you probably hear a little bit more like the sharp media takes over the over the time here. Sure, Creighton, yeah. uh, you know, was one of these darlings, right? Everyone talked to the town at the beginning of the year. Uh, you know, this team's going to be great. Kalkbrenner, Nembhard, like, uh, they're awesome. Right, is it Nembhard? What's, I forget his name. I can't remember his name. My, my bad. Um, I have to look it up now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get upset with myself if I, if I don't. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, look, Kalkbrenner's been great. Oh, Shireman. That, that's who it is. Yeah, Baylor Shireman's been great. Oh, they still do have Nembhard, I think. Or maybe – yeah, they do. Okay, I'm not crazy. Good. So, um, yeah, those three players are really good. Shot quality is going to be right on point with the market here. 66% expected win for Creighton. NC State been super up and down. I feel like, you know, that team, like, had some really big wins and some really bad losses. I think a team like Creighton who can very effectively manage to create opportunities and do have a seven-footer inside and Kalkbrenner who runs the paint. It's going to be tough. It should be still be a close game. I'm not saying that, like, you know, NC State's never going to lead. But, yeah, I think this one's pretty fairly set. Four or five-point win for Creighton seems like it's the, the correct line. All right. Let's go to um, my very favorite uh, college basketball team. So Oregon's my football team, but UConn is my basketball team. And I, like I said, I lived in New Haven uh, when we were winning championships um, in the early 2000s. So 
Uh, I love my Huskies. Um, they are loved by a lot of the uh, like the the analytics community. Now, Ken Palm is oh, yeah. a big fan of UConn. Uh, UConn top ten in offensive and defensive efficiency, yet really struggle when it comes to like turnover percentage. I think they're like in the bottom uh, third, or bottom quarter even. Uh, nationally, like out of the 368, I don't even remember how many teams there are exactly, but 300 plus yeah. teams, 363. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I think uh, can make things difficult for them. Of course, uh, everyone's talking about Rick Pitino, the head coach of Iona here, which I didn't even say the team UConn was playing until just now, but uh, Iona getting nine. I'm such a skeptic when it comes to um, my teams. So just give me the plus nine uh, for Iona and then I'll just watch UConn. And so so you're a UConn guy? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay. Look, I, they're definitely favored. Um, I, I think, like, the market has them around 85%. I believe shot quality does make them the fifth best team in our ratings. They were up at three for most of the year. A lot of those they tough losses. They started off so hot. I know. And then, but look, I mean, if you know the games, you'll know some of these losses, right? So um, the loss against Xavier and Providence around the turn of the year on the road, Shot quality expected wins. The loss again at, for Xavier at home, shot quality expected win. The loss at Creighton, again, another one. And then um, the loss to Marquette was a, in the conference champion, in the conference tournament was also expected win. A couple expected losses. Of course, they got lucky too. But, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of what happens with shot quality isn't just that win-loss, right? And part of part of my personal gripe with college basketball right now that we see with like the NET and and the AP top 25 a lot of these games for UConn they won but shot quality expected them to win by even more so okay, like yeah you know so that impacts our ratings that impacts our understanding so i i think this UConn team is one of the best teams at defending the rim it's really important Sonogo is just a monster oh yeah yeah, and they're really their guards defend transition well. They run a really strong half court. Yeah, half court offense and defense is beautiful out of them. They cut to the basket more effectively than almost any team in the nation. Uh, their mid range finishing when they find themselves in jam top ten in the country at converting mid range points. Um, you know they they've definitely gotten a little unlucky on offense. They were expected to score a little bit more this season, but arguably the best offensive rebounding team in the country, really decent shot making turnovers. Yeah. Bottom 20 percentile and turnover rate. Uh, don't really force, uh, they, they let their opponents get to the line too much. So hopefully they can keep the fouls down, keep the turnovers down, but essentially if they get out of their own way, man, they should be able to do it. Shot quality value bracket is going to have some, some reason for them to go far. We have them, uh, beating Iona in our bracket, beating St. Mary's in our bracket, and then getting past Arkansas, who, like I mentioned, we have upsetting Kansas as the most valuable play based on shot quality data. Yeah, that's great. I love it. Uh, and, that, and that does it for the Friday afternoon games. And we head oh, into nice. the evening, and we do not know who Purdue plays yet. So right. there's not a whole lot of value so in spending time on that. I will, I will say, I know this is, might not make it out for the game tips, but – Apparently, no team has ever won a game in the field of 68 as a when they've shot below 30% from three on the season. Uh, Michigan, Mississippi State lost last night. Texas Southern is another team that shoots under 30 on the year. Very interesting. I personally am on Texas Southern. I feel like the NEC is terrible. So we'll see how it goes, yeah. but very interesting trend there. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for that. 
Uh, Providence plus four against uh, a very interesting all over the place Kentucky team. Um, Providence has had really great guard play. My Big East bias coming into play here gave me Providence plus four. But I don't know if I want them to advance. I, hey, I'm going to wait till you talk and then I'll pencil yeah. that in. This is one I think the line's really good. I think shot quality made this one maybe closer to six. Um, I, I, I think I played it myself at three, but I didn't bring it to the show officially because the line has moved a little. Four, do you four like Kentucky? I do. I do. Our, our value bracket does. We have them winning here. Um, you know, I think part of the problem uh, starts to become that people recognize the Providence name a lot. 30% of people are going to have Providence going forward here. Um, but you know, I, I don't know if I trust that 30%. I feel like this Kentucky team, uh, it might honestly be pretty close to 30%. So that's probably why we just took our winner. Um, but yeah, 74% for shot quality expected, uh, for Kentucky to win this. So a little bit even higher than what the market has. Okay, good. That's good to know. I will, uh, I will make some adjustments to, uh, to my, to my board. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Don't, you know, I, I feel like if your bracket goes terribly, you're going to be like knocking on my door being like, Hey, <laughs> yeah. no, but look again, these are all just, just supposed to be like the most valuable pick, not necessarily yeah. going to be the right one every time, but these are the right. picks that are going to help you set yourself apart from your bracket pool. And that's what I think is important uh, to yeah. stress. And I think that's why knowing what I have my bracket looking like I need to, and knowing who I play against, I need to have some variance in there. So this is a, yep. a nice way to do it. Actually, I lie. We're not actually recording a podcast. I just wouldn't have a call with you. <laughs> you just, to you just get got all your plays. The mic's not plugged in. <laughs> but no, I, I, I actually, so I haven't filled out my full bracket yet. I plan on doing it tonight. Uh, watching some of the end of the first four and yeah. I'll post it and everything. And we have a, we have a shot quality ESPN group. So go check out the Twitter and join. It's totally free. You want to stack up against some of the people who are at shot quality, definitely do that. And we'll be probably publishing some of our staff brackets tomorrow on the site as well. If you want to check oh, out fun. some ones from our data science team and the guys who do some of these numbers, that should be a good time. But yeah, uh, a couple games left, right? Yep. Let's go Drake, Miami. This is one of the more popular, or at least, again, from my Twitter feed, uh, one of the more popular uh, 12 upsets, because everyone always picks a 12-5 upset, because it always yeah. happens. Um, Drake, you know, hot, winning winning 13 of 14 to end the season. Miami, um, you know, uh, Omir, I don't actually know how to say his name, <laughs> but uh, his injury for yeah, Miami right? is is a big problem. We don't know if he's yeah. going to be playing. I don't think he I think he's be. already, he's officially ruled out. Okay. Um, and so the yeah. line is two. It's close. This is a... A five seed as only a two point favorite is very interesting to yes. me, yes, and it it's is. why I'm on Miami. <laughs> like I may be dumb, but I'm on Miami. I think I took Drake. I don't know if it's like an official play from shot quality, but I do like this Drake team. They're the oldest team in the tournament. Um, I think I saw like a graphic on Twitter. I think they're older than the Thunder. <laughs> oh, you know, wow. like yeah, <laughs> they're average age. There's there's legitimately some 25 year olds. There's multiple 25 year olds on this college basketball team. So experience tends to do well uh you know miami missing a guard is really going to hurt they, they yeah. are deep at their guard spots but again that's just one less you have to deal with and now you can't maybe have you know one of their three top guards sitting on the bench and still having to deal with two uh you know so it's a little bit different i do like the size that the Drake team has um a two-point favorite short but yeah i i do think in terms of what you want to do in your bracket it's going to be drake 
Um, I just don't think enough people know this team. I think Miami gets a lot of the benefit of the doubt of being Miami. Um, and, and yeah, I'm just trying to check their, their rates at progressing. Yeah, man, 70% of brackets have Miami winning this game. That's crazy considering it's a two point favorite. Yeah, no, that's right. That's that's what I'm saying, man. People don't know this stuff. So if you're sitting in a massive bracket group where you're essentially playing with those who maybe aren't super into betting and again, cool. <laughs> maybe, right maybe betting isn't really your thing it's not like you, you're supposed to know this stuff but there not are everyone's a degenerate obvious... <laughs> yeah right of course i mean well you know look we have on the show man uh but uh yeah miami good value fading them in bracket pools 70 percent is gonna be too high this is probably a little bit closer to like 60 58 chance to advance for miami maybe even 54 uh, i'd probably put around 57 so if 70% of people are taking a 57% team, I'm right. jumping on that 13% extra on the other side, um, especially in my bracket. In my in the pick, look, it's going to be a great game. I wouldn't be wouldn't be shocked for it to go either way. I think Drake, who stopped Bradley in the Missouri Valley Conference Championships, probably probably gives him a really good run. Another one of the best games for Friday night for sure. So I, I think this is an interesting spot to talk about that. Is I, I'm just going to continue. I'm going to put my minus two, like my Miami bet is going in. I'm putting my money on it. But in my tournament, because of what you said, I'll put in Drake um, and I'll, I'll have a different there because I don't think Miami is going far anyway um, with these injuries. And, and Drake, yeah. Yeah. Um, with the variance that we can get there, I can make up some some points there. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So. If they're if they're injured and you know they're not making it out, you might as well. In what? It's like 10 points for the first round, 20 points for the second round. And standard yep. scoring, it's just like, you know, take the risk. You know, you yeah. might lose 20, but if they lose the next round anyway, then, and you had them going, it's just like, well, again, uh, we have Indiana beating either team there. I'm sure we're going to talk about that game like right now. Uh, but yeah, it should be, it should be an interesting region. We're going to talk about Indiana very soon. First, we're going to uh, talk about the very best team uh, when it comes to offensive efficiency. And that is Gonzaga minus 15 and a half against Grand Canyon. Um, Zags are just playing really, really well. Um, they've played a tougher schedule than usual for them. Uh, their non-con was was a little bit more difficult than usual. Um, I think they're battle-tested and ready to go. I think Gonzaga uh, sweeps the floor with Grand Canyon, and uh, I've taken them minus 15 and a half. Yep, yep. Uh, I think that's the right move. I think I got that line with you, so I'll be riding. I might have gotten 15. Uh, maybe even 14 and a half, but it's probably just, I don't know. Grand Canyon shot the lights out in their conference tournament. They shot like over 50% in each, like the last three games to get to this point. <laughs> it's just it's different against Gonzaga. Uh, yeah. it just is. So I think Gonzaga runs them out of the house a bit. I could see it being close to start like half first half. I don't hate Grand Canyon, but like full game that second half could be ugly. Gonzaga could easily put up 50 in that second half. So yeah, um, it's going to be really hard for Grand Canyon to keep pace with that. Awesome. I love it. Uh, Memphis, what a what a win against um, against Houston again. I hobbled up Houston, uh, but Memphis looks uh, really really good right now. Uh, in Ken Palm, they are ranked nineteenth. Uh, they got a ton of experience. So you're talking about some some twenty five, twenty six year olds. I think they've got one of those guys too. Um, but are they a little bit overhyped after beating an injured Houston team? Um, FAU coming off a 30 win season, which you've mentioned that number a few times uh, with these smaller schools is, yeah, it's, it's impressive to win, but are you getting to that 30 threshold? Um, and, and FAU yeah. did. So only minus two for Memphis. Um, but again, like we said on top of the show, um, that, that crazy statistic about um, uh, the underdog um, yep. being 
29, 17 and two uh, since 2011. Oof. So should we, should we um, be giving, or should I be giving for, I don't know what your thoughts are. Should I give yeah. FAU more respect? I've been saying Memphis is underseeded, honestly. Uh, it's part of why, you know, we, we have them going out of this matchup. We have them winning by a few points, I think four or five points here for Memphis. One of my plays grabbed it at minus one and a half. Still think two's okay. Uh, you do lose that win condition at two on the minus one and a half, but I don't know if they're overhyped. I think if anything, they might be underhyped. Kendrick Davis is mm. getting one of the best guards in the country. I think if you drew up a team that was meant to beat Purdue, it might look a lot like Memphis. And Penny yeah, Hardaway is yeah. coaching his best year, uh, probably at the school in a while. I don't. Yeah, last year was really great too, but the players weren't in the positions they are now. Um, I'm really liking what we have here. I like Memphis to get this done. I think there's going to be a lot of value on them to beat Purdue as well. Our value bracket loves it because no one has Purdue losing, right? Like that's kind of the whole the whole shebang here. Purdue mm-hmm. is expected to get through that round at 77.6% of brackets. I can tell you right now, like com- combined with, you know, the chance to get out of the first round, it's too high. Um, so yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I think Memphis gives them a little bit of a run for their money. FAU, though, look, they can come out and shoot the lights out. This is one where if, if one of these teams is just stupidly hot, it's not going to matter. FAU, if they just shoot the lights out like they have been, they could do it. They, they clowned uh, UAB. So, I don't know. This could be a little bit of a regression spot. I think Memphis is probably the better team, played better competition. You can beat Houston even without Sasser. I think you can probably beat FAU. So, that's my take there. Yeah. No, uh, that, that, sounds, that sounds great. Uh, Kansas State minus eight and a half against Montana State. Montana State, I think, is one of the teams that relies most, like, percentage of points from the free throw line is, like, Mm -hmm. out of this world uh, for Montana State, leading the country or or close to it. Um, Kansas State does tend to foul, but I I think, you know, March, everything's a little bit different. The refs, you know, swallow the whistle. How how is Montana State going to score against this defense? Um, I like Kansas State not only to advance, but to cover the eight and a half. Ooh. Montana State's like one of the most popular teams here, um, but yet not popular enough. Uh, you know, I think Kansas State, it's tough, tough. First-year coach, Drum Tang, might not really be looking to cover. That's my thought. Um, we make it a little bit closer. I don't know if this is like an official pick for shot quality, but I kind of like the points. I know it's come down a little, so I don't know if I like them as much. I don't know. If this Montana State team can get past Kansas State, like watch out, they can get past another two rounds. That's my oh, only wow. Right. Like if if they this is their test, if they do this, like they they will keep going because uh, like what do they run into? They, they play Kansas. Then they got to play Kentucky. If you can beat Kansas State, should be able to beat Kentucky at this point. Like Kansas State playing some good ball. They have played good ball all year. Marquise Noel, another one of the best guards. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be super shocked to see them make the second weekend. If, if you ask me what double digit seed is making the second weekend, I think Montana State is the best bet besides like Utah State. Uh, who maybe shouldn't even be a double-digit seed. So, right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do think they are the strongest double-digit seeds besides Utah State, maybe Drake, uh, both pretty nice uh, outside of that. Yeah, none of them look as good. Maybe maybe Boise as well, but I like Montana State. I think they have a lot of firepower. They had a rough season, but they, they roared back to life, and they got that conference championship without much problem. So uh, they might be getting hot at the right time. All right, so a little bit of disagreeing there. I like that. Um, another uh, double-digit seed getting uh, a ton of uh, credit and love um, is Kent State. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I kind of hate a public dog. <laughs> so um, I don't love Indiana. I've lost uh, quite some money on Indiana this year. Um, I keep uh, getting those games wrong. Like, um, so so my, uh, my heart says Kent State, but I'm actually rolling with Indiana here. Um, I think you mentioned liking Indiana in this spot. Uh, let's hear your thoughts. Yep. yep, this is one of those 10 bets. I know we might recap them in a second here, but this is one of them. I like the Indiana game, minus the four, minus the five, whatever you can get here. I think we're on minus four officially as shock quality bets. Uh, but yeah, no, this is a nice spot. I think Kent State people think is a little bit, they're too high on it. I don't know how they're going to handle Hood Shafino and, and Trace Jackson Davis. I'll tell you that much. And there aren't players like that littered around the uh, littered around the MAC. I mean, there's a few don't get me wrong, Sincere Carey is very legit. I like him a lot, but he's going to have trouble executing his offense compared to what it looked like against Akron and Toledo. I'll tell you that much, right? Like mm, that's yeah. the big difference for me um, is is the defensive side for for Indiana isn't bad. They were able to shut down teams like you know Purdue. They know how to properly like work within the realms of college basketball. Woodson's been a very effective coach. I I like I like Indiana to get past the Golden Flashes without much trouble. Um, eight, nine points seems pretty realistic to me. Great. No, that's, that's wonderful to hear. Um, this last game, uh, of course, is the winner of Arizona State Nevada versus TCU. Um, I don't know. We always see one of these playing teams, these first four teams make a run. I could see Arizona State being that team. I do think Arizona yeah. State beats Nevada. The line there tonight, I think, is minus two. Um, I'm on Arizona State and that one. Um, but I do think TCU can handle them. Um, but again, we know we don't know the line. We don't know what to expect here. But uh, maybe just from a bracket perspective, maybe you can give me uh, what you think. Uh, well, first, tell me who you think wins the Arizona State Nevada game, uh, I got, and then kind of, yeah, yeah. I got the, I got uh, Arizona State. I think that's a lot better. Yeah, and then do you? Th- how do you think they would match up against TCU? Yeah, I think. Oh man, TCU should win in either game. But I think Arizona State gives them some trouble, probably like a three or four point line. I would take Arizona State if they get out of it, and I would not take Nevada. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty straightforward for me. Uh, I don't really trust the Nevada team. They were the consensus team from the Bracketology Matrix competition to be left out in favor of Rutgers. We saw Rutgers kind of poo-pooed last night yeah. and uh, wasn't able to do it, but their hearts weren't in it, and they got massively unlucky. I think the same fate could be in, in here for Nevada and like the converse way like that they feel so good getting in and they don't have the ability to play and they just won't play well so we'll see we'll see yeah well let's get to um one of my favorite parts of uh every betting show let's go through our um our best bets we can run let's through these it. pretty quick since we, we've kind of broken down our reasoning why yeah um why don't why don't you lead the way with uh one of your favorite plays and you said all sure. of these so, for you. You're just doing one unit plays on all of them, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to do one unit plays on all of these. These are all official plays from the shock quality bets model as of right now. Uh, I have a play on most, if not all of these. Some of the numbers different, but I do have all of these spreads. So uh, the Great. spreads that I brought for my favorite plays, I think the best one is still going to be San Diego State for me. I just think this number is way too low. I'm, I'm excited to be on the anti-Charleston train. Uh, I think there's a lot of respect for the 30 wins. Um, you know, everyone heard about them, but it's just not that impressive to me. So I'll go against that. I'll go against the Colonial. Uh, I think they should have been seated way lower, and I think San Diego State will show them that they should have been. So uh, that might be one of my favorites. Other spreads I have going to be Xavier, as I mentioned, Tennessee laying the points, and as we just finished up, Indiana. 
So you got San Diego State, Xavier, Tennessee, and Indiana. Indiana, Ooh, all against the spread at the numbers we gave you earlier. I'm yeah. also um, on that San Diego State game uh, against the spread. I like that minus five and a half. Uh, the other few that I'm on, I, I've got quite a few because I didn't, I don't trust myself to do totals. I do play. Um, I we've had Colby Dant from the Sports Gambling Podcast on the podcast quite a few times. Uh, he will be joining us next week, actually, as well to break down the next round. But they always talking about like first half unders every game, yep. you know, because yep. they just hit. Um, sure. But outside of that, I don't bet totals. So um, I do have a couple money lines and a couple of parlays. But my just single unit against the spreads, I've got West Virginia minus two. Uh, San Diego State minus five and a half, Arkansas minus one and a half, um, Auburn minus one, VCU plus four, and Memphis minus two. Um, nice. So th those are my ATS plays. Like uh, what else do you got for us? So I have a so four spreads there for me, and then I'm going to go with some totals. So uh, we like the Memphis FAU game to stay under the total. Uh, we also like the Baylor UC Santa Barbara game to stay under the total. So those numbers are 153 for Memphis FAU and 143 for Baylor UCSB. Uh, another under on Kansas versus, it's not like Kansas, wow. Uh, I might have, I think I typed in the wrong thing on my board. The Providence game, we're gonna go, we're gonna go the under 144 there. Um, I think, yeah, that's, that's Kentucky. I typed KU instead of UK, one yeah. of those days. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, a couple overs. We're not going to do only unders. I, we do like unders, a lot of shot quality, but some overs here. We're going to go over on the Arkansas-Illinois game. I think there's going to be some shot makers there. We expect that one to be a little bit closer to 150. The line's 144. Uh, Oral Roberts-Duke, again, shot makers, offense, scorers, totals 146. We see this one getting past 150. Uh, and then a last under is going to be Creighton and NC State. We expect this one to be a little bit more defensive than what people are expecting. Creighton has the ability to shut it down, play a little bit slower. I think they limit NC State, and that number is going to end up being too high, expecting this one to be a little bit closer to 140. Awesome. No, that's that's very useful. I like those. Um, I like playing totals, too. I just don't trust myself to uh, do the numbers on them, but I'll follow your totals. Um, I've got a couple money line. Um, so, again, these are just underdogs that I think are going to win outright. Uh, so I'll give you the uh, the odds as uh, I found them when I looked them up uh, last night. But I've got Boise um, on the money line at plus 105, and then I'm going Providence money line at 155. I do, I do have two um, parlays for you. I know you're not a huge parlay fan, but I'm going to go San, San Diego State and Duke. Uh, that comes back at minus 101, so almost even money there. And then I like Utah State and uh, uh, Tennessee at plus 110, um, which I'm actually going to put one and a half units on the U Utah State, Tennessee at 110. I'm only doing a half unit on that Providence money line. So I'm not as that's confident as, as that one, but it's got the you know, it's also that's my biggest fair. number. So yeah, so that's that's uh, those are our picks. Uh, real quick, I know you said you haven't finalized uh, your bracket. Uh, you mentioned no, that uh, Houston is one of the picks that um, that you guys like over on um, shot quality. What? Yep. What do you have a national champion that that you're kind of uh, sitting around in your back pocket that you think you're gonna play? The numbers are just too good for Houston right now. Uh, but like, if you ask me to remove numbers and just like talk to you about like what team I think go on that type of run, uh, given their 
drawing and everything. I I don't hate UConn. Honestly, I know you're going to love hearing Let's that. Let's go. I think that their path is tough, but if they play like they should be playing, they can do it. Um, you know, I, I do think Houston gets a pretty light region in the Midwest. Um, you know, they're not going to face too much that I'm too worried about right now. A lot of these teams are hurt or just don't have all their components set out properly. Uh, oh man, Alabama's too young, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, you know, I think I think they could do it, but they're a little young. Don't don't hate Kansas State uh, as a sleeper. I don't hate Purdue to just shut everybody up and get it done. Yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, there's real reason there. And then if you like defense, I know it's crazy, but if Iowa State can just tap into that defense and lock everybody down, I think they could give themselves a shot to get to the Final Four. But Nice. That's a good uh, one. Yeah. Not I fun think... and like a fun to watch, but yeah. it's interesting. <laughs> it's a... Arizona also is one I'm looking at. I think Arizona is yeah. probably a good leverage Final Four pick. Uh, one of they led. I was tweeting about it. They led my tweet for most valuable future. Uh, Sixteen hundred was a little high. What I was seeing the other day, so probably some good value there. They're still pretty good. They got figured out. They make some silly mistakes, but like none of these teams are perfect. Uh, so yeah, there's some some takes there for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Justin. I appreciate all your time. Again, follow Justin at Justin Perry eight on Twitter. You can follow uh, Shot Quality Bets at Shot underscore uh, at Shot underscore Quality. Of course, I'm Stay Fun Laco. You can find me at Stay Fun Laco. Um, this is going to be awesome. I cannot wait for the next. I was laid off a couple months ago, and I'm sitting here on Severance, and I'm just guilt free watching basketball Love for it. the next two weeks, four weeks. Well, six hey. Weeks. Look, I hope uh, I really appreciated you having me on the podcast. Definitely recommend everybody go check out what's on shockqualitybets.com slash March Madness. We do have a code, uh, all caps, DOMINATE2023. We'll get you half off any subscription right now through uh, the end of the first round probably. So go check that out. See what we have to offer. I mean, it's a pretty competitive price for what we do in college basketball. Models up, again, 28 units in 14 days. We reliably win. We have, you know, very transparent results. You can always DM me on Twitter to learn more about it. Happy to talk college basketball with anyone. And again, thank you so much for having me. It was a great conversation. I loved uh, getting deep into all the games. Yeah, it's great. And uh, I'll have all those uh, links in the show notes. Uh, so, so check that in the podcast. You can follow along there. Um, of course, if you love Rotoviz, which of course you do, if you're still listening to this podcast, you're really going to like what they do over at Shot Quality Bets. Uh, a lot of the same principles and concepts uh, going into that. So Justin, I know we went real long today, but we had a hey. lot of games to cover. Uh, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And I uh, look forward to uh, cashing all these winners with you. Let's do it. You guys have a great tournament. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.